Hello, I'm John Bates, and welcome to my podcast, Hope for Today, where I inspire to live with heavenly perspective and kingdom mindset. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to Hope for Today. So glad to have you. If you're watching, hello. Glad you're with us. To the nations, we greet you. And if you're listening on Charisma Podcast, I'm glad you're with us this week. I look forward to seeing you again next week. Today's broadcast is exciting to me because it's a personal friend of mine, Denise Goulet. She's with Reveal International from Las Vegas, Nevada. Welcome. Thank you so much, John. So glad to have you. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's French-Canadian, so later in this broadcast, she's going (laughs) to speak some French for us. So excuse or pardon my uh, my Pardon your French? Yes, my French. (laughs) Yeah, when I say that, it's it's not as nice. So (laughs) (laughs) I did take two years of French in high school, though, Uh so I could probably kind of keep up. So we're going to try to speak French. Yeah, sure. Right. Well, we'll do it. All right. Uh, Sounds good. So today we're going to talk about something that uh, Denise introduced to me this weekend. It's full of hope. It's a fob, like a key fob, you know, or or anything that you can put around your neck. We're going to talk about it. It's an acrostic, Mm F-O-B. And so that acrostic she gave us last night at a banquet here in Waxahachie. And I just want to share it with you. It was so fantastic. It's the fear of the Lord, radical obedience, and unrestrained boldness. Isn't that great? That's hopeful. And that's what we need right now. So this came out of Acts chapter 4, and this was the story of Peter and John. Tell us about the man that they healed and what happened with that. That's right. Like in Acts 3, what we see the very first thing on their way to prayer. Mm -hmm. So that's really important right Right. there. They continued their same, you know, prayer and all that, and on their way, they saw this man that was asking for, you know, silver and gold right. and money, and and uh, boy, they just, hey, I don't, we don't have that, but what we do have, we give to you, right. and they heal this man. That I was telling you, all the friends last night, I'm pretty sure that Jesus saw him mm-hmm. quite a few times, sure. and probably was tempted to heal him and mm-hmm. stuff. And the father might have said, I'm just supposing this, but might have said, hey, keep that for the boys, you know, for <laughs> Peter and John. And that man was healed not only physically when he got out of that chair, um, but he was healed emotionally when he started to, you know, with joy, jump up. And also spiritually when he praised God. Right. And even relationally when he was touching, yeah. you know, the, uh, hanging on to the boys right. later on. So it's really interesting. And there's another little thing that I didn't share last night. It was at the Gate Beautiful. Right. And it prepared. It, in the commentaries when I was, you know, studying it, it was saying that it also could refer to in Ezekiel where the river was an right. ankle deep right? and that the miracle of the ankles being healed was mm-hmm. kind of significant yeah. and prophetic in the right. beginning of what God, how God is going to move mm-hmm. even in these days. Wow, so that's, that's awesome. I thought it was powerful. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Mm-hmm. So, so the first thing you shared was the fear of the Lord because uh, they got in trouble. Peter and John got in trouble with the Sanhedrin, the religious group that uh, killed Jesus, really in cahoots with the Roman government, and they didn't like this. They didn't like them healing this man in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. That's what really this is was all offensive. about the name of Jesus. <laughs> right. Yeah, and showing compassion. Right. They didn't like that. So they pulled them in. It's crazy. Uh, arrested them. And probably maybe beat them, we don't know, but probably roughed them up a bit. And uh, Peter and John replied in Acts 4, 19, what is right in God's eyes? To listen to you, they were, you would think you would have to listen to them. They were in captivity or to him, to God, 
You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help about speaking what we have seen and heard. And so because there was such freedom with this man giving his testimony, he had been lame for 40 years. They couldn't fight it, and they had to let him go. Exactly. <laughs> they had no that choice. That was the proof. The, yeah. the proof is in the pudding. There it is. And they also noticed this before they answered that. Mm-hmm. They noticed that it, they had been with Jesus. Right, right. They said the courage that they had, these uneducated, ordinary men. Right. And so the name of Jesus causes us to do ex- extraordinary Yeah, so things. having that fear of the yeah. Lord instead of the fear of man. So if you're in a situation right now mm-hmm. where you're all freaked out because somebody doesn't like you, or you're wondering what people are thinking about you, or you're trying to win yeah. their approval, shift all that to God. Yeah. Like, God, what do you think? And once yeah. you realize you're comfortable in his approval, man's approval doesn't matter anymore. Exactly. It's it just, and here's, here's the thing I've figured out, Denise. Mm-hmm. When I please God, God pleasing people like me. Say that again. When I please God, yeah. other God pleasing people come to me, exactly. and we get along. Yes, and I don't have to. I don't have to yeah. impress them. To prove ourselves. I don't have to prove myself. I just exactly. love God, and they're like, I'm just mm-hmm. loving God. Well, then let's love God together. That's right. And that's what that's it's right. all about. That's right. So then they moved on. They were released from jail. They had a little prayer meeting and moved into the radical obedience. Acts four twenty three. Mm-hmm. Peter and John replied, uh, "What is right in God's eyes to listen to you or to Him? We talked about that. You be the judges." So. They started obeying God with their whole heart and telling the people all these things that happened in the Old Testament. Hey, God's still doing it. We're still going to obey him. What happens when we get into this radical obedience? When we get into this radical obedience, this is what happens to me. There's a boldness that comes Mm -hmm. with it because you, you actually do not have any regrets. Right. You know you're right with the Lord and you're doing what pleases him. Instead of trying to do what pleases man, yeah, it's tiring. Others, it's tiring. Uh, fear of rejection and mm-hmm. fear of failure is right. all wrapped into the fear of man, and that's when I had to kind of come to, uh, you know, like face that. Right. I, I was afraid of failure, rejection, and all of that, and I realized that it was rooted in pride. Mm. That's why they were constantly being opposed by prideful people, right? Uh, because they had a fear of the Lord. Yes. And so I realize that when I'm afraid to fail, it's because I don't want to look bad. <laughs> mm. When people reject me, it's my ego. Right. And then the Lord, really, earlier in my days in Vegas, he showed me there's some pride there and get rid of this. Mm. And so the humble yourself under the right. mighty hand of God became really handy. Well, it's, it's better when we do it ourselves. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Because <laughs> pride yes. Uh, will bring a fall in our lives. We are humble one way or another. So That's it's much right. better if you go ahead and do it before the Lord yourself. Yeah. So Peter and John did it. They had a prayer meeting. In this prayer meeting, uh, they raised their voices in prayer together to God, saying, Sovereign Lord, you made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke of the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father, David. They just started giving testimony. And the more they testified, the bolder they got. That's right. And the, looking over their shoulders at the jail, that had to pump them up. Mm-hmm. Jails can't hold us. <laughs> you know? Imagine. And here's what's really interesting. As I was studying this, the Sadducees mm-hmm. are the ones that were opposing him. Right. Uh, opposing them. Right. So when they got to Ananias and Sapphira and they were set free by the angel, mm-hmm. well, the Sadducees don't believe in angels. Mm. I just thought it was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> angels. It's like, well, too bad you don't believe they're real. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they're going to let them out. <laughs> I don't think they thought they would go to jail again. 
Right. But for some, God allows them to go to jail again. Right. I mean, they're set free by an angel, but then they still go to jail, even though they obeyed. Right. The outcome might not have been what they thought it was going to be. Okay, well, that, that makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Right there. Yeah, because uh, oftentimes things are so different than what I plan them to be. Usually, mm-hmm. what I plan, I think is perfect at the time. It all fits. But then I can look back two or three years and say, oh, I see what you're doing, God. That's right. And his ways are higher. His ways are better. Mm-hmm. So then we move into the unrestrained boldness, which you possess this. <laughs> you have a lot of boldness. Uh, Acts 4.29, Lord, consider our threats yeah. and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Mm-hmm. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs. Wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. It's the bold people that have signs and wonders ministry. <laughs> yes. Why is that? Yeah, because there's a risk involved. Okay. You take a risk. Okay. When Paul said, uh, Peter said to the man, get up, silver and gold, there's a risk there. Right. What if it doesn't happen? Because then people are watching. There you go. You know, and the man yeah. falls back down. And Absolutely. Cries and like, look what they did to you me. You pray for someone's healing. Very often they're not healed. Right. What do you do with that? So there is a risk in prophetic, in right. everything. You've got to take a risk. And so, and so that's why uh, unrestrained, it's unrestrained speech, boldness. Uh, you have to be willing to be wrong sometimes. Right. You have to be willing to be left hanging. Right. Uh, one time I prayed for someone uh, that was in a coma. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was praying. I was doing war for her life. Because her husband has said uh, one of the prophetic words that had not been fulfilled in her life, she was only 42, right. was to work with her husband. And so I said, okay. So I said, Lord, give her the desires of her heart. I, I pray. She was in the hospital bed, mm-hmm. and she died. Mm. And the doctors came in, threw us out, Paul and I. And I said, Lord, I ask you to give her the desire of her Must heart. Must be what she wanted. And he Go said, to heaven. She wanted to be with me because wow. in the morning she had died and had been brought, brought back, back uh, and was with him. And she preferred to be with him. That wow, I'm that's a, sweet. And take care of the family and the right. bleeding. Right. And <laughs> <laughs> so, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So yeah. it's like boldness comes with a, a, a price. Uh, Marilyn, <laughs> Doctor Marilyn Hickey was telling me the first time she preached outside her church. Uh, the pastor was very leery of having a woman in the pulpit. This was back in the, I think the sixties. And she, she goes, I'm not going to cause any trouble. I'm going to be obedient, blah, blah, blah. Well, she had a healing ministry. So in the back row, behind the back row was a man in a wheelchair. So she said she had her eye on him the whole service. Like he's going to get healed. He's going to get healed. At the end, she said, you in the back in the wheelchair, I want you to stand up. And he went stand by faith. And she kept challenging it. And somebody came and whispered, he has no legs. So, <laughs> Well, that was boldest, <laughs> but it did now. It did. Smith Wigglesworth. Yeah, but so legs, legs gone. Yeah. Remember, I don't know if you know the story where he bought some a pair of shoes. No, I don't. The know Lord that one. said to him, "Buy a pair of shoes for this person, and at this time, uh, put put it on its, you know, whatever." Right. Like, and the leg grew, grew into them. Wow. Uh, yeah. I bet. I guess she didn't have a pair of shoes. <laughs> Or good eyes, right? See, right. But but we just have to. It does take that boldness, it and does. I would say those of you who really say I want to uh, perform signs and wonders, and it's not reserved for people in the pulpit mm-hmm. or a church staff. It's really the work of the believer. This this part of what the believer should be doing: casting out demons, 
healing the sick, speaking yeah. in other tongues. I mean, these are just the nominal things for Christianity. So if you want to perform, perform signs and wonders, you have to have this boldness. You have to, to just go, go yeah. with Holy Spirit. And uh, hey, we're, we're telling you some horror stories, but <laughs> there are so many more success stories. <laughs> yeah, that, that God does great things. Well, it ends in this. It ends with what I call the, the Barnabas anointing. Because so after they had this prayer meeting, after the uh, unrestrained boldness, this yeah. fob, we had the fear of the Lord, the obedience, then you have the boldness. Then it moved into a radical prayer meeting that shook the church. That, that Not the building, but the people. The, the, the people are the church. It shook yeah. the church. Mm-hmm. And they were moved to generosity. Mm-hmm. And uh, I won't read all the scriptures, but it, it said they began to sell items and possessions, bring them to the church. And it got so serious that a man named Barnabas sold a field he owned and brought all the money and put it at the apostles' feet and said, do with this whatever. They, there was no poor among them. They were helping one another. They were giving into one another, which is so rare, but ideal. Really so is. this is really the result of fear of the Lord, this mm-hmm. radical obedience, this uh, great boldness that you call unrestrained boldness. It really comes mm-hmm. into this giving, generous spirit. That's right. Okay. So I've been in church all my life, <laughs> and a lot of Christians I've known have been extremely stingy. Why do you think that is? I think it's, there's this like spirit of poverty. Okay. But I agree. Fear. fear too. Yeah. Of, am I giving in the right place? What are right. they going to do with my money? I right. work so hard for Which it. Which can even be control. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. It's really for the love of money. Right, because they, um, they have to hold on to it right. because in case they don't have enough, um, the more you have, sometimes the more you become right. stingy. There's right. one thing that they do say in Acts four when they're talking about the giving and the generosity is that selfishness was no longer. That's right. In their midst. That's right. So there was a transformation in their hearts. The Holy Spirit. The fire of Holy Spirit did something in them. Right. It wasn't just something that they come up with. We're going to be more generous. No, no. It's out of what the Holy Spirit was doing. That's what revival is. Right, right. It transforms us. And we it, are, yes. Well, I want to deal with the spirit of poverty right now. You, you mentioned yeah. that first. Mm-hmm. Um, there, There's all kind of restaurants in our nation. I've been to 67 nations. These restaurants wow. are all over the world, different types. Um, just got back from Israel a few weeks ago and they mostly had buffets. You get all you can eat, you know, just, I've been to buffets growing up. Uh, I prefer sit down restaurants. Oh my <laughs> okay. So here, here's the thing at a buffet and sometimes they're relatively cheap, you know, they just, yeah. they do food for the masses. Yeah. So it's not the best tasting, best seasoned. It's just a lot of food, a lot of choices. And people pile up plates of food and nearly make themselves sick because they're thinking, I got to get my money's worth. I'm going to eat it all. Now, as you (laughs) go up in ranking of restaurants, the portions of food get smaller (laughs) and smaller. Especially smaller. Yeah, they are in France. They're they're, they're impressed. Yeah, and there's this little thing, a flower, and some sauce, (laughs) plum sauce. You know, you're like, it tastes so good. It tastes delicious, Mm -hmm. but you know, you're going to get more food if you need it tomorrow. Or the next day. This isn't the end of, you don't have to fill up right here. And I think that's our mentality. When we get money in our hands and we have a spirit of poverty, if I lose this, I won't eat tomorrow. If, if I don't get everything out of this that I need, I won't have more. 
and we don't understand that the goodness of God will replace what we give into his kingdom, just replace it hundredfold exactly. into our lives, and there is more than enough. Yeah. And uh, then we don't have to worry about poverty and lack and controlling the money. That's right. We, we're obedient. Mm-hmm. We, we have that same thing, the fear of the Lord with our finances. We have the uh, obedience with our finances. We have the boldness with our finances. And I just really want to speak into you. I don't care if you live in a first, second, or third world nation, because I live in a first world nation, and there's all kind of poverty around us. Yeah, you know, so exactly. it doesn't matter. And I've yeah. been to third world nations and met incredibly wealthy people. Mm-hmm. So it's everywhere. Exactly. So what do you have to say to it? I, I a few things are coming to mind. I remember when the women with the the, the perfume that yes. she just gave her all, all out. Yeah. And they are getting like weird, and especially one Jesus of them said, really "This upset, is the poor yeah. and all that." And you love Jesus' answer. It's like, "Hey, the poor will always right. be with us. Right. That's the truth." Yes. But what she did, she will be talked about right. throughout history. That's true. So that kind of extravagant giving is what Jesus did. You know, this is what right. the Father has done with us. And so when it's given back like this. This is what it tells me. This woman was completely trusting yes. in, in the Lord. It, her future was in the hand of the Father, mm-hmm. of Jesus, right. or, and she did not worry about money no. at all. So she what did. she wanted to do is lavish and just pour all of her love, and that's how she... It reminds me of this in, in, in Proverbs 3, honor the Lord with your wealth. Mm. So everything that I, that I have, John, mm-hmm. every penny, every good thing, every... My kids, every, like, what makes me wealthy, not just money, but everything, good thing comes from the Lord. Right. That includes the money I have. Right. He's given that to me. Mm -hmm. So what I'm going to do is honor him with it. Like when you hold back more than you're supposed to, the Bible says it leads to poverty. Right. But when you scatter it, it leads to increase. Yes. It's the only, in the world, they don't think like that. No, they don't. The more you pour, the more you have. Right. Like the women in Second Kings. Right. Four. The more she poured, the more she had. And right. the minute there's no more jars, there's no more. It dries up. So we're supposed to be pourers. We're supposed to be sharers and all of that. So honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. So the best, give him the best. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will bring over with new wine, brim over with new wine. So there's always a condition to the promises of God. Yeah, we is. know that. And this one is be an extravagant giver and uh, you will begin to see a life of extra- ex- extravagance. Yeah, you will in every area. It's not like God yeah, yeah, owes us anything, right. but it's so much more fun It is to live like that. And, you know, I think the saddest story, you mentioned this last night with our people, to me the saddest part of the New Testament is not the crucifixion. It's hor- horrific, but it had a good ending. Ananias and Sapphira. That's right. That's a really tragic story. It really is. After Barnabas brought his cell, 100% cell of the money from his property and laid it at the apostles' feet and said, hey, whatever you guys feel like you need to do with this money, you know, pay off loans if, if you need to help the needy in our congregation, whatever. Right. I don't worry about it. And Ananias and Sapphira were a married couple. They thought, Wow, he got a lot of attention for that. Well, he wasn't doing it for that, but it got people excited. Absolutely. And uh, he had a testimony. And so they decided to, to get in on that <laughs> and with a wrong motive. 
you know, so they said, why don't we sell something and tell them that we're giving the same thing Make Barnabas did, like but it. let's even make it bigger. Yeah. Yeah, let's, and let's both do it. Yeah. You come in first, yeah. you get your praise, and I'll come in, and we'll, we'll just celebrate and go for make steak dinner like that night. the whole thing. Yeah, our lamb dinner in yeah. Israel that <laughs> night. So uh, what happened? Yeah, it's very sad. It is. Tell us the story. Well, uh, first of all, he comes in, and he gives this uh, this gift, and Peter like has a word of knowledge and discernment. And I, he says, this is the, the complete sell. This is exactly. a proceeds. See, I, I believe right there, an appearance of godliness, right. an appearance of doing the same thing Barnabas just did. Because I don't know if it was rooted in jealousy or competition and whatnot, because right. sometimes I can kind of get in there. Um, but it's, he tarnished his yeah. whole, you know, his whole action there. And so Peter was like basically just confronted the mm-hmm. spirit with which he was he was, you know, he was actually proceeding and dropped dead. Dropped dead. Like he yeah. didn't even come in for him to drop dead. And they didn't even <laughs> tell his wife, did they? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and here she comes three hours the later. The fear of the Lord came into place. And three hours later, I'm like, what did they do for three hours? <laughs> when they like, uh, just can't believe what just We're not right. praying. I don't want to be killed. <laughs> do, do we bring him back to life? I might have tried that and it. Didn't work. It took him away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we do not know what happened. No, no we don't. For some reason, they did not feel like they should share. But the women, and so she, they were partnering with this. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that was a so same thing happened to her. Three hours later, she told yeah. the same lie. Yeah. And uh, maybe that was so severe, it nipped it in the bud in the early church. I, I think <laughs> it's, it's almost like it was the first public lie in yeah. in, uh, in the revival. Right, right. You know, and so the, it was addressed publicly. Right. I don't know that Peter knew that they would drop I in. don't think so. I don't <laughs> He must have been shocked. I don't, I don't think that was part of the plan. <laughs> I think Peter had just as much fear right, of the Lord, right. and they all did. After and, that. and I'm not saying that to scare anybody. No. Just this is a serious thing. It really and, is. And when you get involved with finance, people get wonky. <laughs> Sometimes I get crazy because it's the the love of money yes. is the beginning of all evil. Yeah. So their love of money made them lie. Yeah, exactly. And that was the beginning yeah. of it. So they had a heart problem. Get your heart right with God yeah. and obey him. If, if he doesn't tell you to give anything away, well, don't do it. But he is going to ask you eventually. He is. Just be obedient to whatever he says. And that's what Peter said. You didn't even have. No. This was your. It was your for their heaven. glory. Wasn't it? That was the thing. That was, they wanted the glory and God receives all the glory. So let me go a little further with this. There's a scripture that talks about, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing in response to giving. Well, we look in the Old Testament when they were building the temple, King David advertised what he was giving. Then the elders told, it's not in that. What I see this, don't brag of what you're doing, keep it low key, is almsgiving. When you have someone on the side of the road that the Lord tells you to give $20 to, don't go brag about that. Exactly. Don't, don't blow exactly. that up. Look what I did. I, yeah. I, I took care of this orphan all their lives. It wasn't for me. They wouldn't make it. I mean, that's that's between you and God and the person. Mm-hmm. Is it, you agree with that? Yeah. I actually learned this, and I'm just sharing this because mm-hmm. yeah, I think he's uh, he's journeyed so well with this, Kenneth Copeland. Yes. The four offerings that he talks about. And the alms is the only offering that is unto man. Right, right. And the church, in great percentage, love to give alms. Right. Because they like to know where it goes and yes. what it does. Yes. Like in our church, when we would have an offering for 
like some some uh, big uh, hurricane that mm -hmm. killed all these people somewhere in the south. Right. We would have this huge offer. Right. But when it was time for a seed of faith for building yeah. a building or this or actually uh, for a first fruit offering or whatnot, it's like <laughs> pulling teeth. Right. Because they actually know where it's going and they feel good about it and, and unto men. That's the only offering that doesn't multiply. Right. You're right. There you go. You're right. Wow. So there there you got a little lesson. It's <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. Well, I like this. I, I want you to, Denise, because we're we're going to 120 nations to speak yeah. to our French speaking nations. Yeah. Whatever the Lord lays on your heart for uh, them. Like right now? Yeah, right now. So can I address some of them? Sure. <laughs> Uh, bonjour à mes amis uh, Greg et Katia, Dynamis et David Nolan, Top Chrétien et tellement uh, Jean-Luc Trexel. Uh, je suis contente de pouvoir vous, vous, vous adresser et de partager mon cœur avec vous. Je, je crois que le Seigneur est en train de préparer uh, une, uh, un, un réveil et une transforma transformation dans le monde francophone, pas juste dans le monde francophone, mais dans le monde entier. Mais là, je partage avec vous, mes amis. Euh, je prie vraiment et je, je, fais, euh, je fais une déclaration qui va avoir un mouvement de miracles, de signes, de prodiges et que vous allez voir la gloire de Dieu. Euh, je vois que le Seigneur vous entoure de, de son feu de, de sainteté euh, en France et dans les, des, dans les nations euh, francophones en Europe. Euh, je crois vraiment qu'il va y avoir une accélération. On va voir des miracles comme jamais et on va voir des miracles quoi, euh, qui, euh, c'est comme de, dans, dans euh, euh, Éphésiens, on parle des miracles là, qui n'étaient qui pas, euh, pas vus souvent, souvent. Alors, c'est comme un, un, un réveil qui se passait dans le, dans, euh, avec les Éphésiens. Alors, je vous bénis et je, je prie pour vous et je vous aime et euh, j'espère bien de vous voir bientôt. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Understood a little bit of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That was yes. great. Yes. Well, I'm sure you were blessed. I was just blessed hearing that. That was great. I love yes. the nations. Yes. I love France. I love the French-speaking people. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Yes. And one of these days, I think, uh, I'm gonna, I want to get a fellowship. Yeah, we'll be a part of what's going France on in France. Here, yes. uh, I still have a hard time saying the name of your, your city. You know that. Waxahachie. Yeah. What's a hachi? Yeah, it's an, no, no. It's an American Indian name. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little hard for me. It's, it's a tongue twister. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, Denise, good. thank you so much for being yes. with us. How would people um, check you out? What's your, um, your site? I do have uh, an app, uh, Reveal International, I-N-T-L. Um, so you can, you know, okay. check me out there. And uh, yeah, I do High Noon. On Reveal International, it's close enough to high noon anyways. Um, it's Vegas time, and I ju it's just a time for revelation, prayer, and connection with the, the and, and we're partnering so, with yeah. you in Las Vegas this yes. year. Our church oh my goodness, will yes. be going five times to Las Vegas. We're yes. going uh, with apostles, the prophets, worship leaders, yes. intercessors. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. We're gathering the remnants. It's going to be great. Yes, we're yeah. gathering the remnants and the... So, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, Denise, we believe in you. We yes. thank you for who you are and thank all you. you are to the kingdom. She's a great blessing, yeah. and we affirm her and who she is and what she's doing. And we thank you for joining us, and I just pray this will be your best week, and the week after that will be even better. Have a okay. great one. Thanks for listening to Hope for Today with John Bates. Let us know your thoughts by leaving a review. 
You can subscribe and share these episodes wherever you listen. You can connect with John through Facebook, Instagram, and at johnbatesministries.com. Have a blessed day.